This is not bunker material. This is normal save on grocery bill material. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two. One. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. I am joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Shelby, when I say picking up chicks, what do you think of? I think of how right now, this time of year, every time you go into a farm supply store, there's buckets and buckets and bins and bins of cute little chirping chicks. And I think of the chapter from your book, Picking Up Chicks. Exactly. Well, in this episode, we're going to describe how just about anyone can raise chickens. And as always, remember, the only thing harder than planning for a disaster is explaining why you didn't. But first, before we do that, we want to talk about one of our amazing sponsors, uh, Paul Burke. He is an Idaho realtor that specializes in helping preppers and first responders find an awesome prepping property in Idaho. You can find him at firstresponserealty.com, which is powered by Fathom Realty. Or as always, with all of our sponsors, you can check them out at our website at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. Lurkers. Lurkers come out of the shadows. What do I mean by that? Regular listeners know what I mean, but I'm talking to you, regular listener. Yes, you, regular listener. A lurker is someone that listens to the regular show, and we appreciate that very much. So do our sponsors. They pay us to talk to you, so we like that you listen to what they have to say. But there's more. There's more to Prepping 2.0. It's called The After Show and the video bonus shows, all available to Patreons. We have a special thing going on. We have some really cool limited edition I Miss America window stickers. And if you send an email to Shelby at shelbygallagher321 at gmail.com and put in the subject line Lurker or New Patreon or something like that, then she will draw those and we will send out every week an IMA window sticker to a new Patreon, a former lurker. Now it's time for the top 100 items that disappear first. This list comes from Bosnia Survivors. It is available on our website, which is prepping2-0.com. It's on the right. It's labeled the top 100 list of things. Number seven, are you sitting down prepping 2.0 listeners? This is listeners? a tricky one. Ooh, who, who saw who this coming? Who would have guessed? Guns and ammo. Uh, duh. No, duh. Yeah, but it's on the list. We respect the list. The list has many things on it you would never otherwise think about. We just think it's kind of funny that Guns and Ammo even made the list. To me, that's like that's something. oxygen. <laughs> I mean, that's like something. Well, you- and there's a lot of preppers out there that are guilty of overdoing it on Guns and Ammo and ignore other things on the list. So we'll let you be the decider of how that balances out in your preps. Exactly. It's the reason of the week to be a Patreon and as a theme here, how about the after show? Here's what you missed in the after show. If you ran your fingers through a man's hair, what would you hate to find in it? Scabs. Let's get into it. I want to set the stage. If you're thinking about getting chickens, this episode is for you. If you already have chickens, this episode is also for you. Folks might remember a few months ago at the end of 2022, uh, here at Prepping 2.0, we posted on our social media page a Yahoo News article about food shortages for 2023, and they specifically named eggs as one of them. That was like New Year's Eve 2022. Within three, four weeks, I'm going to say, the price of eggs shot up. Suddenly, there's a shortage. Suddenly, you can't find them of all places. Costco, which specializes in having lots of stuff, flats mm-hmm. of eggs, and suddenly they're gone. And if you wanted to buy some, they were five, six. I heard up to upwards of eight or nine dollars a dozen. You remember the uh, report we got from one of our friends stuck behind enemy lines in the Seattle area? He's a law enforcement officer. He said there's quite the black market egg ring going on. I'm going to say that again, black market egg ring. That's insane. Because people were stealing eggs from supermarkets and elsewhere and selling them on the black market. It's like out of the trunk of a 2007 Toyota Tercel running on spare tires. It's like, hey, man, you want to buy some stuff? What do you got? Eggs. I got, no, this is for real. I well, got, this part about the Tercel is made up. but Well, you got eggs and airbags. This is yeah. what I got in my truck, yeah, right? Yeah, oh catalytic gosh. converters. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah, we miss America, too. Yes, we, yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, that's our I Miss America moment right there. So let's get into it, folks. You might remember it was episode 189, 189 to be mm-hmm. specific, called Picking Up Chicks. Well, consider this episode part two. Picking Up Chicks part two. A very provocative title that we know got you to click on this episode because you thought we we're going to talk about, like, dating. Nope. Nope. It also references a chapter in one of the books in your book series, 299 Days, about picking up chicks during when things were collapsing. So we're paying homage to that Homage? homage. Is that a French word? It is. And it Mm -hmm. means honor. No. So in part one, specifically, we discussed why you should have chickens. And today we are going to discuss how. Mm -hmm. This is really an overview of what you should be thinking about. And so just know that we're not going to give you the point by point, but how to get to the place of, okay, I want to have chickens. I'm going to have chickens. And now I'm going to have sustainable chickens, meaning I can produce my own and I can produce my own meat. It's not as hard as you think. So first we know why you should have them. They're an easy food source of both eggs and meat and can be scaled up or down. And again, we talked about that in episode 189. So we're going to talk about scaling up a little bit and it's not a lot. You're going full bore now. We're going to self-sustaining chickens so that you don't have to buy eggs or meat from a store. As we just discussed, prices went kind of a little crazy around January, February. They're coming down a little bit, a little bit more reasonable these days. You can actually That's because of the black market. It's cut into the regular market. But there's, I'm kidding. But if you look at some of the articles, that shortage... Let me put on my skeptical hat here. Mm -hmm. The shortage in the news cycle is explained as being, well, there was some avian flu happening in the Midwest, and there had to be the culling of many whatever, whatevers. Which we never remember having egg shortages before. For example, we went to Costco a few weeks ago, and Shelby took a picture of the empty racks. Pallet. Pallet. Yes, thank you. Pallet of eggs. I, for one, have never seen that before. So I don't think this is normal. And we've had avian flu flare-ups, can I call them, around Mm -hmm. our country in years past. And we've never had that kind of shortage or the prices doing what they did. So there's, again, the hints are that there's breaks in the system. And so so this is a way to kind of amp that up and do this yourself, which more and more people are doing, by the way. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. This is not bunker material. This is normal save on grocery bill material. So to build on, again, the first episode, let's assume you have a chicken run based upon where you're at, your situation, where you live, whether it's in the city or out of the city. I would say to do what we're going to talk about today, you need to have an acre. You can't do this, what we're about to talk about in the backyard, you know, of your apartment complex in the middle of Seattle. Good luck with that. No, don't do it. Chickens would get stolen. Wasn't that a running theme of uh, Looney Tune cartoons, stealing chickens? Yeah, it was. Yeah, but it's not only a Looney Tune cartoon, it's life in Seattle, Washington. So you are going to have a chicken run, and you're going to have the ability to monitor. What's a chicken run? A chicken run is the area you're keeping your chickens. It's not chickens physically running away from you. So think of a dog run. When you say dog run, it's kind of the enclosed area you keep your dog. You can use a dog run for a chicken run. It's where you keep them, and they need an area It can't just be a little cage. They need an area to run around in a little bit. So because we're going to bring the scale up a little bit, you need a kind of a bigger area, which Mm -hmm. is why I'm saying you need. So if you have like a big garden area, that's what I'm picturing, you know, about 20 by 10 kind of an area, big garden area. Mm -hmm. You can do that. So let me go back to where you need the ability to monitor and dispatch predators. Always. We talked about that. Chickens draw in predators. We haven't had them yet. Come visit us. I think you, you quoted somebody whose name eludes me that said that chickens are the bottom feeders mm-hmm. of the. Uh, oh, they're the they're the, the goldfish. World. They're the, the goldfish. goldfish. Thank you. Everything everything hunts them, and they they yeah. have very few defenses. Yeah, and nobody if one dies, you go buy another one. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you don't take a goldfish to the vet, right? No. So not unless your eight year old's crying. This is true, and so at this point. You have chickens, and specifically you have hens. You have all females. And you're just doing your chicken thing for the eggs. Is there a reason to have all females other than your anti-male uh, bias? Well, it's it's because you don't, one, you don't want a rooster. Roosters are noisy, which is why mm-hmm. this is not practical in the city because your neighbors start to hate you. Mm-hmm. Roosters can sometimes, and we've all heard the stories, if you haven't, there's some funny videos on YouTube where roosters attack people. Yeah, because hens mean. don't. Hens don't. They're mean. They're noisy. 
And we'll talk about that a little bit. So you have your hands and you're just cooking along. <laughs> so ah, I see, I just scrambling cooking along. along. Scrambling along. And you're getting eggs and you're doing fine with that. Mm-hmm. And that's a fine operation. Now you're wanting to up it a little bit. And that's kind of where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So um, we're starting to have this very discussion. It is not hard at all. This is your encouragement. It is not hard at all to go from eggs to meet. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're going to have a little discussion. But first, we need to talk about some of our amazing sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, Want to just direct your attention to our website over at prepping2-0.com on our friends and affiliates page. You'll find over there Pro One Water Filters. Oh my gosh, great. Mm-hmm. Amazing water systems over there to check off that box for your um, water pur- purification. Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine. Man, we just got a whole bunch of those mm-hmm. in the mail Stuffed today. Stuffed up the P.O. box. Yep. New Mana Foods specializes in bulk freeze-dried foods. Minuteman Coffee. Yeah, that's why I can say mm-hmm. this list as fast as I can. Mm-hmm. EMP Shield protects your home from an EMP or CME. That is correct. Gibbs Arms. Amazing folks over there. How that does one spell Gibbs Arms? G-I-B-B-Z Arms. You can find their website. Or again, just click over to our website. We have it hyperlinked there. It's really, really amazing. I encourage you to check out our amazing sponsors. So going back to how do we go from just producing eggs to producing meat? It's not hard. And here's how you do it. There needs to be some chicken loving involved. Yeah, you need to get a rooster. Mm-hmm. So generally, when you're thinking about this, one rooster needs anywhere from four to eight hens to keep him happy. Mm-hmm. And we'll just let that. Sure. We have kids listening. Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Roosters can be jerks. Yes, they can. So if, you, if you're able to find, if you're looking for a rooster, people are always giving them away because when you raise chickens like this, there's always roosters. Speaking of giving away roosters, um, the first rooster we had we th- we, when we were in Washington State, we thought we had all hens and one of them turned out to be a rooster. How did we use that rooster to further Didn't our Didn't we test fire something? Nope. We had Joel. Yes. Um, yeah. I but gave, we test fired a firearm. Yeah. I, I gave Joel um, a pistol and I said, end it. And he said, okay. Bam. He oh, shot that rooster and that was, that was good. You know, you got to. You, you got to do that. So speaking of that, so when when you get hens, when you get the little baby chicks that are in all the and farms. you can't tell if they're roosters or hens at that point. So when you're, you can't. However, when you go to, you know, to, to the hatcheries that are online, Cackle Hatchery, McMurray Hatchery, all the hatcheries, they will say, like if you're going to order, let's say 20 chicks, they will say if they're sexed or not, because there is a little um, a person that is really good at taking a good look at the at the underparts. That would be a job I would not want to have. No. Um, and can within about 80 to 90 percent accuracy sex the chicks and they warn you we you will have a high did you say sexed the chicks yeah they sexed them in other words this is a boy or a girl they determine <laughs> i'm writing down a time the stamp. gender i mean we can do this with chicks but we can't do it with other species i don't get it um with pretty good accuracy too so 80 to 90 percent. so how does that work out so when glenn and i talk about the times that we've mail ordered chicks the first time i ordered like 15 16 chicks one of them was a male this last summer when we ordered chicks, I ordered females, I ordered sexed hens, and we ended up with three roosters. Mm-hmm. So of our 24 chickens, they will be our example. We have Did you say 24? I thought you said 25. We started with 25, oh. and there was a fatality mm-hmm. about a month or so ago. And no, it was not from gunfire. It's from nope. natural causes. I went out to check on the ladies and gentlemen's gentlemen. One mm-hmm. morning and there she was toes up, literally toes up mm. on her back. And it, 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 my guess is something happened. She was not injured or anything. She died peacefully. She died like peacefully. Betty White. She fell off of, she was, she didn't lay down somewhere. She fell off of the roost. I think she kind of died in her sleep. So this, and this is, this is what chickens do. Circle of life. Circle of life. So she is no longer with us, but mm. that's okay. So we have 24 chickens. Three of them are roosters. Right now, the roosters are getting along just fine. And my computer just turned off. They're getting along just fine. If for some reason we start having some serious violence amongst our roosters, all three of them are good-natured roosters. They're not complete jerks. They don't attack us humans or anything like that. And just to give people a little bit of insight into our roosters, what are their names? Waylon. Waylon. Named after Waylon Jennings. Willie. Willie. Willie Nelson. And Roger. Roger could be a lot of things. Roger is the most beautiful copper marin 
he's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He also is the one that's really susceptible to uh, frostbite, which we'll talk about. So when you have a rooster or you need a rooster, like our three that we've raised, good natured, I can easily find a home for them because nobody wants a jerk. Mm-mm. Right. So if you can find that kind of a rooster that someone's raised and they are just trying to find a new home, that's a good kind of rooster that you want. The other thing that roosters are really good for, they'll protect your hens. This shocked me. I've seen them take, tell them about the turkeys. Well, we have wild turkeys that come and steal our food. Like about 15 of them. I hate them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate them with the passion of the hot sun. And they, and, I, and I've shot in their direction very safely. And they just look at me like, what? That's all you got? <laughs> I mean, come on. They're, they're when he like, takes real aim, it's going to be, they're going to be like, what was that? Just, where did my head just go? <laughs> so, yeah, when they're there, they like flank. They, they like, the three of them are like, you ladies get behind us. You know, stuff's going to get real here. Mm-hmm. And they, def- it's and those talons on those uh, little foot, footses yep. of them, they're yeah. significant. So, so if you have a rooster that's a jerk and kind of comes after you with those talons, it's time to one, take, Take something and take a... Introduce a young man to the world of killing. Introduce him to a tennis racket is a good one to mm-hmm. swat them back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't let your kids around them. Because seriously, they, they'll... they'll They'll scratch up a little bit. And if you seriously, those are you don't want dangerous animals. Get no. rid of them and find another one. There's too many good roosters out there. Mm-hmm. So you you need to have the rooster situation. So um roosters will protect them. Your ladies, they will perceive you potentially as a as a threat. So that's what we're until you start feeding them. Now they look at you as the uh the Democrats. They look at you and they yeah. say, Hey, the welfare lady's coming. She's feed gonna feed me. us, she's gonna give us stuff. So they, uh, they they would reelect you if they could. But anyway, let's not turn this into politics. No, we're not. So now you have a rooster and he's friendly-ish. He takes you can, and you're going to see him enjoying the hens. So and you're still raising and you still have eggs. Now, does this mean, oh, my gosh, I have a rooster. I have to have chicks now. Nope. Nope. It simply means that right now all of the eggs that you are eating have been fertilized. Oh my gosh! Is oh that, geez, that's what does really that mean? Does that mean that you're going to eat, you know, little like chicken. live peeps? Nope. There's a very specific process that has to happen. Right now, we've been eating the whole time that we've had our these chickens have been laying. We've been eating fertilized eggs. They taste no different. They look no different. Do they? No, they don't. And there's nothing weird. I mean, we haven't grown like a like a second nose or anything. Nothing weird has happened. Please don't say that because uh, considering your health. Things yeah, that have happened. That's probably the next thing. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I have right. binosular syndrome. So Glenn isn't on the show today because he grew another nose. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it could happen. I mean. <laughs> Jeez. So that being said, we're going to get off of that little rabbit trail. You can eat fertilized eggs and you will not be able to tell a, dis- di- a distinction at all. Why? Because just because a rooster is adding a little something extra to your eggs doesn't mean they're different. It takes a very specific process to make it. A developing egg. And I'd like to add one thing to keep in mind with chickens. And this comes from my ignorance that I got over because Shelby is a great chicken teacher. My ignorance was that eggs would never be fertilized, which is probably not. I'm talking store-bought eggs, which is probably not true. And number two, they had to be refrigerated or they would cause all kinds of food poisoning. Ask yourself this. Back in the old days, pioneer days... Did they have, you know, refrigeration and stuff? People have been eating chickens for probably thousands of years, oh, or eggs at least. Pre well, both pre BC days, yeah, exactly. And so it has to work, right? And you're not gonna you're not gonna die just because something isn't the way you're used to it in modern day America. Now, so when does here's the question that you do need to be aware of? So when does an egg start actually making a chick? It has to be incubated at like 90 degrees. So if you, so this is where your chickens might pull a little fast one on you. Mm -hmm. They're going to go off in, in our case, we have a little bit of a woodsy area in the back of our property. I could see one of them going out there and trying to lay eggs and hide, and you'll, you can see where they'll hide them from you and they will try to incubate them. Why? Because hot mama sits on those eggs for the next three weeks. That's how it's done naturally. So... Don't leave your eggs sitting out on a counter on a hot summer day or put them in a warm car for three weeks. Right. You could I, have a little beak poking through could, and that right. would be disgusting. And it would be gross. So we're not doing that with our eggs. No. So stick them in the fridge. Stick it in the fridge.
And there's a lot of, um, if you are wanting to do this, go check out YouTube on how to go collect your eggs, keep them keep them solid and, and, and good, and then to incubate them. And we'll talk about that. So unless you're, bottom line, unless your refrigerator is on the fritz in July, you have no risk of eating pre-hatched chicks. So this is the stage where we are at at the Tate Gallagher household. We have three roosters who are not being jerks. We are eating fertilized eggs. And if we ever want to like take it to the next level, we're ready. And so how do you do that? Super easy there. And so think about this. And we are thinking about this, not right now. What does it take to go from egg to chick? So the first thing that you really do need to acquire is an incubator <laughs> or take one of your broody hens and have her sit on eggs. What's a broody hen? A broody hen is is kind of high hen, maintenance, like high a maintenance. She starts acting a little roosterish. So th- th- here's my best example. We had a broody hen of all the weirdest times of the year in December when it was about ten below. What, what does she do? She will find a spot and she will sit on it all day. 24 seven. Why? Because she is, she is going to sit on these eggs that she's sitting on and keep them at that special 90 degrees for the next three weeks. So where did this little hen decide to do this? Underneath the chicken coop. Mm. So at nine o'clock at night, when it was zero degrees, where is she at? She's right there. So she is susceptible to seriously dying from um, exposure and potentially a predator. So I would have to take a stick and nudge her little cranky Feathered broody. Bee, broody, feathered behind out, and she would come out and immediately, immediately very hungry, and I would get her in the coop. And of course, I don't want those eggs. They're still frozen under the coop because they can't. Because what do frozen. we do with suboptimal eggs? We um, boil them and feed them to our dogs, and we pay an aromatic price for that. We do pay, and but we also don't have nearly the, the fur. Yeah, yeah, that's great for the fur, and the dog food budget is way down. Yes, it is. So they're getting some good nutrients there. So that's a broody hen. It's that hen that suddenly decides she gets, and if you try to touch her, she'll peck at you. She just finds a spot. She sits at it. 24 7 a day so if you have a broody hen take a few of the other eggs from somebody else that's laid and in the dark when she can't really see you tuck them under her and, and make a few more eggs so you need a broody hen and it depends on their mood or an incubator you can buy a small to huge incubator on amazon for anywhere from 50 bucks to a thousand bucks interesting thing shelby for 65 bucks got a hold of somebody or found on marketplacey kind of things Someone had taken a refrigerator and retrofitted it to be a uh, to be an incubator for sixty five bucks. So if I want to go kind of big scale, I could. I'm not gonna. But an incubator for sixty five bucks is kind of a good deal. So incubating now for twenty one days. We're gonna start talking about this now and carry it to to the after the break. Incubating is three weeks, and there's a process of keeping the heat and humidity level kind of at a constant which is what a broody hen does. She keeps it at that perfect 90 degrees. I think it's 90 some degrees and it has to be a certain percentage of humidity that's kind of high. It's like 60, 70, 80% humidity. And her little body heat does that. And she also stands up and takes her little feet and moves them all around and tilts them and moves them so that the chicks inside are moving around within that egg. And it's a fascinating process to watch a hen actually do it is actually pretty fascinating to watch that 21 day process we're going to talk more about this on the other side of the break and how to get from incubation to meat don't go away more of prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher is coming right up hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. 
Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Without water, you're done in three days. Pro One water filters. It's literally a matter of life and wet. Pro One G 2.0 all-in-one gravity systems are NSF ANSI 42 component certified. Not everybody can say that. No need for additional add-on filters to reduce fluoride. Pro One stainless gravity systems include a stainless steel spigot and a countertop stand for no additional cost. Pro One water filter gravity systems. Check them out at ProOneUSA.com. That's P-R-O-O-N-E. USA.com. Most tested, most trusted. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it. Make solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. In a tactical situation, your AR is your life. Gibbs Arms makes a sweet feature, the only side charger that can use a standard bolt carrier group with no modification. Gibbs makes them in 9mm, 5.56, and 308. In fact, Gibbs Arms has been granted eight patents for unique innovations. The company started back in 2008 when two Boeing engineers realized no one else made what they wanted. Take a look at their website and see all the ways Gibbs Arms can help you mod your AR. Gibbs with a Z, arms.com. That's G-I-B-B-Z-A-R-M-S.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started in our discussions. Discussions. It actually is singular of chickens to hear the complete discussion. Stick around for the after show if you're a Patreon supporter. And then there's the hilarious lightning round. After a long thought process and deep discussion over many Saturday mornings with coffee with Shelby, she and I have come up with a conclusion. There is one reason Montana is not awesome. And it took hours and hours of soul searching. Weeks. Yeah. And that is, there are no concerts here. Now, once in a while there is. We saw Marty Stewart. That was great. We wanted to see Whiskey Myers that summer. It didn't work out scheduling. Didn't work out. But there are no concerts. The fact that it took us hours and hours of thoughtful deliberation to come up with a single reason why Montana is not awesome should lead you to the conclusion that Montana is indeed awesome. Now, are we telling you this just because we live there? Are we being paid by the Montana Visitors Bureau? No. We wanted to tell you how to get to Montana And I have two words for you, Jared Savick. And that is the place to go. Go to redstate-realtors.com, click on Montana. He's a realtor and a relocation expert. And you can also go to his website, which is seizethedaymt.com. If you want to live in a place where it takes hours to think of a reason that it's not awesome, and I'm guessing wherever you live now, you can't say that about it, go see Jared Savick. 
So I'm gonna just add a little color commentary here. I love Jared, by the way. He's amazing. He and his wife are amazing and very prepping-minded and can help you think about a property that way. So we were joking about it this morning, Glenn Tate and I, about how, well, when we lived in Western Washington, it's not like we saw concerts there either, but it was for a different reason. It's because all the good concerts are in Seattle. And who wants to go there? Nope. Yeah. And it required like a hotel stay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Nope. We really had to come up with something just to make the point, and that's all we could come up with. So now when we go to concert, we're not worried about stepping on yucky things or needles or pointy things or being accosted. And uh, it's a nice night out. It's kind of nice. It is nice. The Archive Dive. Let's talk about an old episode in our archives. The archives are available at prepping2-0.com. There's a little search thing in the upper right little magnifying glass it's so cool and you can type in that little feature because we'll be on the show and we'll be like when was the last time that we talked about this oh yeah episode 92 so our archive dive is episode 189 which was called picking up chicks part one yep and it was on why to have chickens of course today's episode is how to have chickens and episode 189 aired in june 2022 I just feel like that was like a few months like ago yesterday i know exactly time goes well, well tell us more about chickens we stopped off kind of at the incubating process regardless whether you use a broody hen i think is a little bit more actually stressful for me as the person who has these birds i would like to add that while a broody hen is brooding i assume that's a verb mm-hmm. uh brooding that they are a sitting duck no pun intended <laughs> for predators seriously <laughs> for predators because she will protect those eggs and, and, and she's give her life. sitting yeah. there for three weeks so, so that's yeah. a problem again i want to reference go to youtube for this if you have a broody hen if you can especially at night in the dark where honestly chickens have about the same kind of eyesight that humans do in the sense of they can't see in the dark so if you take a very dim flashlight, you can move a chicken around. And honestly, when I have to catch one who's not in the chicken coop, which it doesn't happen very often, I get up close to her, turn off the flashlight, and I can catch them. And you can do the same thing with a broody hen and kind of fake her out and put her in a place of safety if you want to keep your broody hen to do the incubating process. The cool thing about faking out chickens is you feel really good about yourself because you're like, hey, I outsmarted a chicken. I must be pretty and smart. And here's what's really dumb is that if I walk out there right now, they all come running up to me because they know I'm going to give them something. You're the but welfare at, lady. At night when I need to catch them, oh my word, <laughs> I just, it's... They're They're, dumb. Yeah, they are dumb. So there's the incubating process, whether you use, you know, an artificial incubator, meaning not a broody hen or a broody hen, either one works. But just know in three weeks, you're going to have chicks and then they need to stay, let them stay with their mama if they're baby chicks. The mama knows how to take care of them. The mama will show them how to kind of be in the barnyard without letting other chickens get at them. And by the way, don't just put baby chicks with the rest of your flock because the other chickens are mean. Mm -hmm. They'll start pecking at them. Kind of put them in a... That's where we get the phrase pecking order. It is actually. Have the mama be with the chickens in kind of a separate area where they can see each other and be around each other without having access to each other. If you can find a used dog run or something like that where you can kind of cage them off, that's a great way to do that. And then, honestly, once you have these little baby fuzzy things, and this is kind of the stage you're at when you see them in the stores. Mm -hmm. They're so cute. They are cute. And they don't stay that way for very long, do they? No. They turn into big chickens. In those first few weeks when you have them and they're super little, they need to stay a certain heat because they don't have the adult feathers to keep them warm. Again, YouTube is your best guide on this. You need to start them out at like 90 degrees heat lamp or a heat source, 80 degrees, 70 degrees. And you kind of take the heat down as their feathers grow up. And at about the three to four week mark, they look like ugly teenagers. Mm -hmm. Their feet are big, their bodies are small, and they have- And they always want to borrow the car. They they always want to borrow the car. And they have half adult feathers, half fuzzy feathers. They're just, just it's it's awful. So they're going to grow. And we talked about this in part one of this. You can raise your Cornish cross, freaks of nature- that are specifically only meat birds. meat birds only. They do not reproduce. You have to buy them as a chick. And all they do is kind of sit there. They don't really perch on anything. They literally just sit there and eat. I'm not for that. But the one reason why people do those is because they're mature within about eight to 10 weeks and you have meat pretty fast. And this would bring up the Glenn uh, statement from every show about a system. Let's say you have Cornish cross meat birds, and we'll talk about this more probably later and or in the after show, but 
always be thinking if you have meat birds or even eggs, what am I going to do with all these eggs? And what am I going to do with these meat birds? Let's talk about that. Okay. Let's just jump right into it. Eggs. That's pretty easy. There are a couple things you can do with excess chicken eggs and we have excess chicken eggs. Oh yeah. Every day we get a dozen or more eggs. It's late March. It's still pretty chilly and we're getting a dozen eggs a day when it's nice out because there is a season to this. We'll be getting 20, 30 eggs a day. What do you do with all those? Because Glenn, I heard you say that everything's a system and you need to have all this thought out. Well, we give a lot away. Um, We're very popular at our church. Oh, Um, gosh, yes. Every Sunday we give at least two dozen eggs away. Exactly. So there's that. Uh, We eat a lot of eggs, farm fresh eggs. And may I just note, as a connoisseur of eggs, because I love breakfast foods, Mm -hmm. farm fresh eggs, I cannot describe to you how much better they are than store-bought eggs. I'm to the point now where store-bought eggs, I kind of turn my nose up. I've become an elitist over eggs. Well, and especially when you're eating, like scrambling and boiling them, whatever. Yeah, well, not, not so, in cooking. Right. I mean, if you're going to use store-bought eggs, use those to make your batch of brownies. Use the store-bought eggs for your good breakfast food, right? Yeah. And the flavor is so much more and the nutrition is off the charts. We had breakfast in Canada one time. And Canadian eggs, and our Canadian listeners can post a Patreon comment on the show notes here or on the episode postings. There's something about eggs in Canada. I've verified this with uh, Steve Briggs, my logger buddy, who told me this is true. So he wouldn't lie because he's a logger. Why would a logger lie? And he's a real guy. And he said, well, I should back up. The Canadian eggs, the yolks were almost the same color as the whites. They were lemonade. Yeah. Lemonade colored. I'm like, what is up with this? There's no nutrition in here. There's no flavor. And he said that Canadian eggs, because of some Canadian regulation, because, you know, like you can't have guns and you can't peacefully protest. I mean, Canada's weird. Yeah, Yeah. you can't feed your chicken something nutritious. Right. So there was some regulatory reason why eggs in Canada were so weak and pathetic. Anyway, this is not the Canadian egg show. No. This is how to do it yourself. By the way, so an article came out here mid-March. Same source as the last one from Yahoo, um, referencing a fortune.com article. And it's, uh, listen to this woke headline. Americans are stress buying oh, geez. live chickens because of egg price inflation and leaving hatcheries short on supply for restaurants. How dare they? Basically, it goes into, from a woke perspective, how people are doing exactly what we're talking about today. They're not just having the cute little pets of chickens in their backyards. They're raising chickens for eggs and meat. And it brings up a good point as you think about this. We're not going to have three chickens in a $2,000 chicken run in our backyard to be cute and, you know, kind of fun. You need to look at this as food production. If you only have a few hens and you're just doing this to keep in your backyard, don't do what we're talking about today. This shouldn't cost a tremendous amount of money if you're just going to have a few. It should only cost a medium amount of money if you're going to have a lot. Right. So you have converted a shed into a chicken coop. You have This is the medium size. This is where we're at. This is where we're at. This is where we're at and people are really considering this. You have a designated area you've put into consideration keeping predators out and how to deal with them because they will come eventually. And now you're like, how can I use this area now and make it so that I'm not only getting a lot of eggs, I'm getting meat. And we were starting to talk about, yeah, freeze drying. You're yeah, gonna, yeah, that's go what for I wanted it. to there pick up. Um, I mentioned that we give eggs away and that eggs are delicious and we eat a lot of them. But that only accounts for a small percentage of the eggs that we have. So you have to have a way to preserve eggs. We are enormous fans of freeze drying eggs. What we do, and you should go back to off the top of my head, check me on this one, episode 47. Keep talking. Which is the Harvest Right episode that we did back in 2019. Harvest Right makes a food freeze dryer. They dominate the market. They're by far the best. We've never run into anything that comes close to them. And it freeze dries food. You can put anything in there, including Skittles, which is fun. So what but we, don't do it just for the Skittles. You yeah. just wasted a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So what we do is we cook up eggs, uh, scramble them. And then sometimes we add, you know, ham or bacon or cheese. cheese or onions or whatever you want. And you freeze dry them and they come out powdered. And everyone's saying, oh, powdered eggs. My grandpa in World War II said powdered eggs really were nasty. Well, maybe they were in World War II. This isn't it. I'm telling you, freeze dried eggs are amazing. We went on a little outing with the team a couple well, years a, ago. Yeah, it was a training weekend that we had. Yep. It was awesome. And we had the the scrambled eggs and reconstituted them. 
Heated them up and reconstituted. Yeah, hot water. That's all it took. It was amazing. So what do you and get? And the team didn't know. Yeah. They didn't know that that was reconstituted breakfast right. scramble, essentially. Yeah. And so one of the reasons that freeze-dried eggs are so cool from a prepping perspective is, number one, you have to have something to preserve your surplus, whether it's your garden or hunting or fishing. You have to have a way of preserving it. It may not be a freeze-dryer, but you have to have a way of preserving it. So you've preserved food that you've grown by freeze-drying eggs. Second of all, it's incredibly nutritious. It is all protein. There is no downside. I mean, eggs are kind of the perfect food when you get down to it, um, especially if you oh, nutritionally, absolutely. have gluten issues. And the other thing about freeze-dried eggs that you make yourself, besides them being much less expensive than, say, Mountain House or something like that, is that... Freeze-dried eggs are incredibly light. They, it's featherweight. And so you can get, well, we've done this. We have probably in one, you know, Costco tub, we probably have hundreds of servings of freeze-dried eggs. And the other cool thing about this is that when you pre-cook the eggs and you freeze-dry them, all you need to do is add hot water. You don't need to cook them again. You don't need to start a fire. You don't need to have a heat Just source. You don't need to clean pans with water that may be in short supply. There is no downside to freeze-dried eggs. And so that should be part of, in my humble opinion, your chicken system should be, you should strongly consider having a food freeze-dryer. And we're huge fans of Harvest Right. So I wanted to put in a plug for freeze-dried eggs because I'm a huge fan. Absolutely. And you know what? I want to talk even more in depth about this in the after show, but I want to kind of keep our progression yes. going on. So we're at the point where we now have baby chicks that are growing into teenagers. So I'm, I'm following kind of the full life cycle mm-hmm. of chickens. So when you're doing regular, you know, a breed other than a Cornish crop, cross or a freedom ranger that's another hatchery that does that i like the name i know i do too and they do the kind of that cross breed where you get it's strictly a meat bird but there's lots i mean just look at some of these websites when you see meat or egg that means when you see something it's a meat bird that means when it's at maturity it's going to give you some decent meat it's not going to be a scrawny little thing and look for that because there's some breeds out there that are skinny like the rooster that joel took out was a skinny little dude Mm -hmm. so look for those that when they're at full maturity especially roosters like right now our rooster that's the that's roger if we were to harvest him god he's probably a 15 16 pound he's a Mm -hmm. big dude Mm -hmm. and he is about nine months old right now so when they're at full maturity. So this is the time of year, kind of um, February and March is considered kind of chick season because of this timing that I'm going to talk about now. From start, from chick, day old chick to full maturity of a non-Cornish cross is about six months, mm-hmm. which puts you at about October, which is perfect. A lot of people do their chicken processing in October because it's not winter. You're not outside and you need to process your chickens outside because it's that's a, just a really gross operation to do inside in your house. Um, and that's it's kind of one of those fall harvesty kind of things, especially if you talk to people who live in the rural, rural communities that process their chickens. So let's talk about that. What does it take to process chickens? Shall we go there? For meat. Yes, we For should. For meat. So in other words, this is not pets. Your Mm-mm. children have not named them. You don't eat pets. Yep. We are not going to eat Waylon, <laughs> Roger, or uh, Willie because we like them. Although Waylon and Willie can be a little bit jerks. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, so we now have our fully ready birds. We're, it's October. And these would be roosters or hens. Roosters or hens. Birds. So, and, you're, and you need to have kind of a system of thinking about and um, – like for me, first thing that goes is if you're just raising your own chickens, half you need to assume half of them are going to be roosters. Those guys all need to go. You cannot have an overabundance. You only need a few roosters. So get rid of the ones that are ready to go. And then you start thinking about the hens that need to go so that what's left over after October is now the ones that are going to produce for next year. So do you see this system mm-hmm. I'm putting in place here? So we have 20 chickens sitting here. What do you need to process a chicken? You need a knife. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to go through the full process of doing that because 
Um, there's, there's a million YouTube channels. A million YouTube channels, lots of places to see it, how it's done. And But you are dispatching. You're, you're dispatching an animal. Um, the thing that is costly at this point is what is the de-feather machine. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, you can't be eating the feathers. No. So once you've dispatched the chicken, you you have to dunk it into hot water to kind of loosen up the feathers. And then it's the craziest looking machine. It looks like a little cement mixer. Like a, exactly what it looks like. Thank and you. it's got all these rubbery fingers that you kind of toss the bird around in. And because of the mixture of hot water and water that you're kind of spraying into it, within about 30 seconds, the feathers are off of it. Very handy. Talk to someone who's defeathered a chicken by hand, and let's say you have to do like a hundred chickens in a day. That's mm-hmm. you're going to have arthritic feelings in your fingers that day. That defeathering machine runs you right now at Tractor Supply around four to five hundred dollars. So that's maybe a, go in with a group, like exactly. a, a mutual assistance group, and be like, "Hey, let's all go in on a yeah. chicken defeatherer." And we can, and and then you can kind of do a team effort kind of a thing. The other thing that those um, defeathering machines are good for, if you're hunting turkeys, if you have, if you're raising turkeys, it's not just a chicken only. You can do other birds as well, or it's good for um, hazing. You could say, "Hey, why don't yeah. you get stick climb in the G- defeatherer, and and then all those little yeah, rubber stick fingers. your head in there, see yeah. what happens." I mean, you got to always think <laughs> dual purpose. Is this good for defeathering chickens and for hazing people? So I want to stop there. It's like you don't take me seriously. I don't. I really don't. I just keep right on going. So as you can see, that is, if you talk to people, that is like a full day process. And so now you have this this chicken, this whole chicken that right now at the market, if you're going to buy a whole chicken at the market, I'm thinking about 15, 20 bucks for one. This is pretty, you know, if you've raised this yourself, you, you know. You're doing pretty good, I think. So, and and there's ways to cut the cost of the feed. Your highest cost. And that was something I wanted to ask about. How does feed availability and cost work? Because if we're talking to people, and we are, you, the listener, who are preparedness minded, you're going to be thinking, well, can I get chicken feed availability wise? And then what does it cost? Because if it costs, you mentioned a $20 or $15 whole bird. If it costs a hundred dollars to feed that bird, that's ridiculous. Don't then you're it. losing money. So yeah. we're not for that here. So there's a couple of factors with that. First of all, yeah, feed has gone through the roof. When I was feeding chickens living in uh, the big city 20 years ago, I could buy a bag of feed for t- ten or twelve dollars. Oh my goodness! I know I could, because right now that same bag is about forty bucks. Mm-hmm. So the price has gone up a lot, and and one bag for three chickens will last you several months. Mm-hmm. That same bag with 24 chickens lasts me about a week. Very different. So um, I believe a good way to offset that cost, and I do this now. I sell my eggs to people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have enough customers to make that work yet. But I tell people I'm going to charge you this much because I'm paying for my feed. Feed is expensive. And they understand that. There's also some great recipes out there. Check online to create your own chicken feed with cheap Cheaper ingredients. Let me read to you a list that I found. These are all things you can buy at a feed store for and make your own feed for less than $40 for the same weight. 50-pound bag of corn, 50-pound bag of red, red winter wheat, bag of sunflower seeds, 50-pound bag of red or white millet, a bag- Stop it. You're making me hungry. I know it. A bag of small-sized cat food. Oh, um, I love cat food. And then a couple other things. So look up some of these recipes. And that to me sounds like, if that's something you want to do, I'm not I'm not ready to do that yet. I don't have time. I'm happy to take like a garbage, garbage bucket and mix that all in and make my own food. And maybe I will someday, if the, especially if the feed costs continue to go up. Tell us about chickens eating things uh, that occur naturally. This is what's really cool. If you are able to, like what we do, allow our chickens into a fairly large area to forage, they're eating grass, they're eating weeds, they're eating worms, they're eating bugs. Or let's just say I go to the store and I buy some salad makings and there's, you know, carrot tops. Or God forbid you buy kale, which needs to get thrown out. Which, right. Um, There's also like a friend of ours came and visited us and bought celery. We don't buy celery because it's Mm -hmm. just 
gross. Mm-hmm. So we used some of it. Sorry, guest. We, and, uh, we didn't like your gift. Thank you. He, well, he brought it to eat himself, but yeah. So and he but is not always, even he would eat it. No, he left it at our house. Right. Well, we gave it to the Sorry. chickens. Um, basically, you can feed table scraps to your chickens. Just something, just not things that are fatty. Things with butter and grease and oils in them. There's a couple of other rules on that too. You seriously, old cereal, uh, old meat. They'll eat meat. They will eat. It's real. Chickens will eat just about anything, except you. You, you do want to. The fats thing is the thing. If you butcher a chicken and take their guts out and throw it on the ground, the other chickens will eat it. It's oh really gross. Goodness, it's really disgusting. gross. They're they're scavengers. They really are. So make sure what they're scavenging is good. So our chickens are pecking right now. Right now it's mud. But when the grass comes in, they're gonna they eat the leaves. They eat the bugs. They eat. All- and the more natural stuff they eat like that. The, the more colorful the yolks are. It's really kind of a before and after thing. You can really see the yolks improving. You mentioned chicken <laughs> guts. I feel compelled to say that if you are processing chicken meat, have a place for the blood and guts to go. Don't just leave them lying around because you're going to have coyotes and raccoons Absolutely. in about 10 minutes. So. What do you do with the guts and the blood? Freeze dry it and make dog treats. Mm-hmm. None yeah. of this goes to waste. The feathers can go to waste, not going to mm-hmm. lie. But that blood and those guts, put them in your freeze dryer and you've just, your dogs and will love you and their skin coat will show it. So this, there's a lot of good things that come out of that can, that can come out of this. Let me also mention too, again, going back to chickens being scavengers, if you have other livestock, specifically cows or horses, I just had a great conversation with a friend about this. Um, when chickens are allowed into a barnyard and able to be around specifically horses or cows, they're, they're manure chickens love. Why? Because it's full of grain. I know, <laughs> uh, Glenn just, but it's a good... <laughs> It's a very symbiotic relationship, and it turns what would sometimes be a waste or a byproduct into food. And the cool thing about chickens is they have little chicken kidneys and little chicken livers, and they take something yucky like horse manure and turn it into something delicious. They're amazing animals that way. Cows do the same thing for us in the sense of they go out into a field and turn a a field full of hay into into protein. Chickens go do the same thing with other things and turn it into protein for it's us. It's almost like God was brilliant and figured all this That's out. so crazy. That's weird. So we're going to keep going with this in the after show. But going back to what we were talking about, the best time, I want you to think about this. You do not want to be raising these chickens, these chicks, right. in the middle of December. There's this season from about February to October. There's a season for a reason. There's a season. So, and I'm going to point this out in our last minute. There's a there's one of our neighbors near us. You can tell during the summer, he has huge chicken tractors. And he probably has, I'm going to guess, anywhere from two to 300 chickens. And he has them, these tractors, which is basically like this movable barn. And he moves it all over his field full of chickens and then also in October the tractors are put away mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's going to feed his family and they're family. not tractors like things that pull right, things right they're, they're like a moving they're a mobile chicken coop, chicken coop. Mm-hmm. so he's keeping out the predators and he now just his freezers are full he's now going to be able to feed his family all of that great chicken for several several months so folks we're going to keep going with this in, in the, the after show in the after show but don't forget like we always say from our amazing founding father benjamin franklin failing to prepare is preparing to fail have a great week everyone adios you've been listening to prepping 2.0 with authors glenn tate and shelby gallagher all the information you've heard today including all our previous shows is online at prepping 2-0.com Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.